Hi friends, I'm Andy and my pronouns are he and him, and welcome to our brand new season, season five of the Hope Collective Church podcast. Here at Hope Collective Church, our mission is to develop inclusive communities where people discover sacred worth and calling. And our four core values are empathy, inclusion, trust, and humility. We're kicking off this season with a new series called For the Long Haul. And this week's sermon is titled The Burden of the Day, grounded in the scripture of Matthew 10, verses 1 through 15. We are privileged to have John bringing us this word to it this week. Before we dive in, I want to acknowledge that it has been a busy season for me, which isn't an excuse, but it means that I had to prioritize. I know that I've been remiss in uploading previous episodes, but now that I am stepping into a new season, I'm aiming to start re-uploading episodes from seasons past. If you missed anything and would like an audio of a previous sermon, please do not hesitate to contact me at ahill at hopecollectivechurch.org, and I'll ensure that you will receive it. So, without further ado, we present to you this week's sermon. Here's John sharing the burden of the day as we journey together for the long haul. Hello, friends. My name is John Morgan, and my pronouns are he and him. Welcome to Hope Collective Church, and as always, thanks for finding us online again this week. If you're watching online, um, you'll notice I'm in a different setting. I'm in my uh, son's room, just because it's the quietest room in the house right now, but there's the uh, the Buckeye stripe going on the back. This is not making a statement, I promise, because of course I'm recording uh, before the big game this weekend, um, so who knows how that's going to go. This is just where, uh, where I landed today. <laughs> well, we're starting a new series called For the Long Haul. And we'll be focusing on the ways we mature and live out our faith during the highs and the lows of life. Now, before we get into today's teaching, I was just thinking about what does a long haul type of faith look like? If we think of the people in our lives who have a mature faith, uh, what do they do? I want to invite folks who are uh, listening and watching in online right now, just drop Drop some ideas into the chat. What does a long-haul faith look like to you? What, what are some of the attributes of people who display that mature kind of faith that you're, that you're seeing in your own life? The things that I think about are people who, before making decisions, big or small, they stop for a moment to pray. Uh, long-haul faith. Uh, they demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, No matter where they are in their faith journey, they are following someone who they can learn from and uh, they're guiding others in their faith journey along uh, with them as well. Uh, They're serving others with joy and working for justice for all people. Uh, People with a long-haul type of faith are grateful for the blessings they have received, especially grateful for the people around them. They're generous with their resources and humble about their giving. Uh, These are folks who listen first before giving an opinion. They aren't afraid to be challenged with new information and seek wisdom in how to respond to that information. Uh, They're the first uh, to recognize that they have faults, but also the first to extend to themselves grace, the same grace they extend to others. 
Now, maybe you have uh, more attributes that come to mind, but this is the long haul type of faith that we admire and, and that we strive for. And the hope we have is that this type of faith is actually attainable. It, isn't that humbling to think about? <laughs> Each of us probably has in mind at least one person who lives out a long haul type of faith. And what's humbling is that if not already, there certainly will be somebody someday who looks at you the same way, <laughs> in the same light. How, how do we mature in our faith? How do we live into a long haul type of faith? And even though we are, we're starting a new series, and we're staying in the book of Matthew, just for a little bit longer. And throughout this book, we've been seeing how Jesus described the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, we talked about uh, several weeks ago how the readers of the gospel of Matthew would have been mostly a Jewish audience. And in their faith tradition, they do not use the name of God out of reverence and awe for who God is. And so we can interpret when we hear the, the words kingdom of heaven that the scripture is talking about the kingdom of God. And we've also learned that God's kingdom is right here and right now and also yet to come. So with this in mind, let's read the beginning of today's scripture, starting with Matthew 20 and verse 1. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, before we get too far into this parable or, or the story that Jesus is teaching, we first realize that this uh, is a continuation of the chapter before, chapter 19, where Jesus taught that it was difficult for a wealthy person to experience God's kingdom, which was right after Jesus was in conversation with the wealthy person and invited them to sell their possessions and give to the poor. And so the question that arose out of this conversation in chapter 19 was, so who can be saved or who can be healed or made whole? What they were asking was, how can we be connected with God and experience God's healing uh, now and for eternity? It's within this context that Jesus shares this parable about the workers in the vineyard. And those who are being hired on a daily basis would have been among the lowest of the social and economic status. Do, do you see what Jesus does here? The question is about who gets to experience God's kingdom. And immediately Jesus switches the conversation from the rich to the poor, from those who have everything to those who are on the margin of society. This has been a theme throughout our reading of the book of Matthew over the last several months. And maybe we need to pause and just ask why. Is it because the people on the margins understand the depth of receiving grace and mercy? Is it because they know what justice looks like and they also know what justice doesn't look like? Is it because there's no way that they can try to earn or buy their way into this life of faith so they're totally dependent on God? Is it because they live out of a lifestyle of depending on one another? Is it simply because God has a heart for the underdog? Maybe you have other ideas, but we definitely see this theme over and over again throughout scriptures where the people on the margins, those who would have been excluded by faith communities, are actually 
included, featured, and even favored. Now, earlier this week, I, I read a Rachel Held Evans quote actually on our, on our Facebook page, the Hope Collective page. The quote said, The folks you're shutting out of the church today will be leading it tomorrow. That's how the Spirit works. The future is in the margins. <laughs> now, by the way, I don't, I don't post what you read on our social media pages. Uh, those posts are made by people who are way smarter and way more talented than I am. Sometimes I'll read what we put out there and I'll think, wow, <laughs> I could really like this church. I, I, in fact, I could see myself going there. <laughs> well, as it relates to our scripture lesson, I believe that quote gets to the heart of Jesus' teaching. If you want to find Jesus, you go to the margins. So Jesus is telling this parable. The kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Let's continue verse 2. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. Now, really quick, those of you who are with us last week, you'll remember that a denarius is a day's wage. So if we equate that to uh, today uh, at $10 minimum wage, $10 an hour, uh, that would be $80 a day. Let's continue reading verses 3 through 7. When he went out about 9 o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. Now again, here's Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God and painting this picture of continually reaching out to the people on the margins and bringing them in. And I can just hear the responses of, of people today. Maybe they would say, well, we didn't know we were invited. Or we were told that we weren't welcome to participate. Or we saw others being asked, but we weren't included. See, this is part of that maturity that we talked about earlier. It's easy to, to walk by folks and assume that they don't belong or, or don't want to belong. But what if we see people how Jesus sees people and understand that all people are created to be connected to God? And who are we to not be inclusive? <laughs> but listen, the story gets even better uh, verses 8 through 10. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his ma uh, manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired uh, about five o'clock came, each of them received a denarius or a day's worth of wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. Do you see what's happening in Jesus' parable? No matter when the workers showed up, they all got paid the same. If they worked eight hours, four hours, two hours, everyone got a day's wage. Now, in my very first position in ministry, it's about 25 years ago, I was a youth pastor uh, in the outer belt of Cincinnati. 
Um, I was taking a group of students on a mission project and that they needed to raise money for in order to go. And we did uh, we did a car wash. One of our church members owned a car wash, actually. And so um, the cars actually got really clean. And the, the students would uh, dry off the cars and, and spray the tires and, and put Windex on the windows and wipe it down, vacuum out the cars. And so we actually made a ridiculous amount of money doing this car wash. And... Uh, I divided all the money up equally among all the students who worked um, so that they could put it uh, against their trip fees. And everyone was happy, right? <laughs> well, who do you think were the most upset? And I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the kids. <laughs> but the parents whose kids worked the longest were not happy at all. And I was ready for it. I gave them all the Bible and I said, uh, well, let's read Matthew 20 together. And you know what? That didn't solve anything. They went to my boss. They went to the pastor with their case demanding that their kids get more money because they worked longer. And the pastor asked them what I had to say about it. And they said, Pastor John won't even reason with us. He just makes us read the Bible. <laughs> well, it's ironic. Uh, some things never change, right? Because that's exactly how this parable uh, that Jesus told, the same thing happened. Verses 11 through 16, it says, And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Let's say that last sentence together. The last will be first and the first will be last. I mean, there's a whole sermon in itself, right? And we might do that someday. <laughs> oh, we hear a lot of times how this parable speaks to eternal life, which it certainly can. But let's not forget that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God isn't just uh, yet to come, but it's also here and now. And it speaks to us church folk because we have this tendency to form this insider's club uh, where we make the rules and, and everyone who comes after us have to follow the rules. And I know we're a fairly new church and we may think this doesn't apply to us, but at least we need to consider how do we treat people who have arrived six months after we started or, or a year or two years after we got started? And are we still looking for people who are on the margins and inviting them in? And are they getting the same benefits of Hope Collective as those of us who have been here since day one? <laughs> now, those of us who are part of that day one group, uh, we did a book study called Multi-Ethnic Conversations by Mark Demai and Onaya Okawobi. It really had an impact on the formation of our church as we were considering 
who we wanted to become. Now, throughout the book, there was an invitation to journal, and I, I found part of that journal uh, the, this week, and I want to share it with you. I wrote down, loving other people doesn't mean we love them as long as they get in line and conform to the ways we do things. But loving people who are different from us means we take time to get to know everyone's cultures and allow those cultures to impact every aspect of who we are. This is part of laying down our lives as a church. We lay down our agendas. We lay down our traditions. We lay down the songs we sing and the liturgy we speak. We lay it all down and say we're all in this together. We're going to allow each other's cultures to define how we interact with each other in our worship, in our discipleship, and in our serving. I want to suggest that this is what a mature, long-haul type of church does. We go out to where the people are, the people who have been told that they don't belong, and we invite them to participate with us in our faith, uh, our faith life together. And we allow who they are to impact who we are as we live out our faith for the long haul. Well, friends, as we prepare our hearts for communion, uh, will you uh, join me in this prayer? All we have and all we are as a church belong to you, God. Guide us to places where people are. Give us words and hearts of invitation. Humble us as we allow new people to help form who we are. Thank you for your continued grace and mercy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us and dedicating your time to listen to our podcast. We sincerely hope that this week's sermon has not only been a blessing to you, but also provided an encouragement and insight as you navigate through your week. To stay connected and discover more about our community, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Hope Collective Church. There you can access our weekly online services and explore various other resources and ways to connect with us. Your support means the world to us, so please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with friends, family, and anyone that you feel could benefit from our message. By doing so, you are helping us spread love and understanding and timeless teachings as we explore e together each week. And if life's challenges ever feel overwhelming or if you simply need someone to share your joys and sorrows with, don't hesitate to reach out to me, Andy, directly at ahill at hopecollectivechurch.org. Or you can send me a message on Facebook. Remember, no prayer request is too small or insignificant, and we are always here to support you with our open hearts and lifted up prayers. We are incredibly grateful for your presence, and we're excited to continue this journey of discovery, growth, and shared spiritual experience with you. So before we part, let these three words resonate within your soul. And remember, you are loved.